Hello all my nieces and nephews and welcome to Auntie Jojo's library. My library is open to all listeners but it was specifically created for my seven wonderful nieces and nephews. This episode we will be finishing the Calico Illustrated Classics Peter Pan. Originally I had said that we were going to have a guest reader for these chapters. However, the guest reader was unable to finish the book for us, so hopefully he can read in a future episode. Let's get started. Chapter 13, Hook or Me. After Tinkerbell told Peter about the kidnapping of the children, Peter had wasted no time. As he scampered along, he decided to tick so the other beasts in the forest would make room for him. The crocodile heard the ticking that night and followed Peter. Why? We will never entirely be sure. As Peter reached the shore, he glided quickly into the waters thinking, Hook or me this time. It wasn't until he scaled the sides of the boat and saw Hook hiding that he realized his ticking had continued. How clever of me, he thought, as he signaled to the boys to get back to their ropes and remain quiet. It was at the exact moment that a pirate came out on deck. Peter tiptoed into the cabin just as the other pirates came on deck to see what was going on. That noise stopped, said Smee. All quiet. Slowly Hook looked up and wiped his eyes. At the moment, he hated the lost boys boys more than ever because they had seen how afraid he was. He pretended to walk an imaginary plank and fall to his death. Do you know to touch my cat before you walk the plank? he asked. They pretended to be frightened and screamed. No, no, no. Hook smirked. Fetch the cat, Jukes, said Hook. It's in the cabin. The cabin. Peter was in the cabin. The The children gazed at each other. Aye, aye, said Jukes as he strode into the cabin. Hook continued his dance until a screech came from the cabin. Then a crowing could be heard. This crowing was well understood by the boys. They knew it to be Peter's victory crow. The pirates, however, were confused. What was that? cried Hook. Kiko hesitated for a moment and then walked into the cabin before running out seconds later. The cabin's as black as a pit, but there's something evil in there. The thing you heard crowing. Go in there and bring it out to me, said Hook. The bravest of brave, Kiko cowered before Hook crying. No, no, but Hook waved his claw and laughed. Kiko had no choice. There was no singing or dancing as all listened quietly. Again, a screech was followed by a crow. The lost boys knew what was happening. Starkey, shouted Hook. Did I hear you volunteer to go in and bring out the evil? No, by thunder, said Starkey. Hook showed his teeth. My Hook thinks you did. Wouldn't it be advisable, Starkey, to honor the Hook? Starkey took a deep breath. I I won't go. Is it mutiny? asked Hook. Captain, mercy, Starkey whimpered. Shake hands, Starkey, said Hook, offering his iron claw. Starkey looked around for help, but the pirates had deserted him. He backed away as Hook advanced 
with a red spark in his eye. With a scream, Starkey jumped up on the rail and flung himself out to sea. Hook looked around the ship. Now there, gentlemen, did I hear anyone else say mutiny? He sped into the cabin. The boys could barely breathe. Surely they'd hear Peter crow, Peter's crow any time, but instead Hook came out of the cabin without his lantern. Something blew out the light. Nodler looked petrified. The ship's doomed. Doomed. The boys cheered, which angered Hook even more. He had almost forgotten about his prisoners. Almost. His face lit up again. Lads, he cried to the crew, open up the door to the cabin and force the boys in. Let them fight for their lives. If they kill the evil, good for us. If the evil kills one of them, we're none the worse. The boys pretended to struggle as they were pushed into the cabin. Now listen, said Hook. Only Wendy dared to face the door. This entire time she had been bound to the mast. She wasn't looking for a scream or a crow. Instead, she was looking to see Peter Pan. She didn't have to wait long. In the cabin, Peter had found the keys and freed the children of their chains. After gathering as many weapons as possible, they marched out and freed Wendy. It was easy with all the pirates looking away. It also would have been easy for Peter and the children to simply fly away, but Peter remembered his oath, Hook or me. When he freed Wendy, he whispered for her to hide with the others. Then he took her place at the mast. He put her cloak around him to hide his identity. Then he crowed. To the pirates, it signaled that all the boys who had entered the cabin were dead. They were terrified, all but Hook. Lads, we have bad luck on board. It's the girl. There's never luck on a pirate ship with a woman on board. Fling the girl overboard, cried Hook. They rushed to the figure. There's no one that can save you now, said a pirate, just as he reached the cloak figure. There's one who can, said the figure. Peter Pan, the Avenger. He flung off his cloak. Twice Hook tried to speak, but twice he couldn't. In that frightful moment of realization, Hook's, Hook's fierce heart broke. Finally, he found a word. Attack! He had the pirates fought together, they would have won, but they ran every which way and were filled with fear. Many were thrown overboard. All were gone when a group of boys surrounded Hook. Put down your sword, boys, cried a voice. This man is mine. The voice was, of course, Peter Pan. Hook found himself suddenly face to face with Peter. The others moved back and formed a circle around the pair. So, Pan said Peter at last. This is all your doing? Aye, James Hook, it's all my doing. Proud and cocky youth, said Hook. Prepare to meet your doom. Dark and sinister man, Peter answered. Come get me. The two fought to the end, the end being when the sword fell from Hook's hand and he was at Peter's mercy. Peter pointed to the sword and allowed Hook to retrieve it. You remember that Peter always fought a fair battle, didn't you? Hook found the sword but lost his footing. As Peter approached Hook with his dagger in the air, Hook fell into the sea. The crocodile was waiting for him. That was the end of Hook. Chapter 14 The Return Home The children dressed in pirate's clothes the next day. Peter Pan steered the ship towards the mainland. Nibs and John were first and second mates. Captain Peter figured it would take about a week to get to the Azorzon 
after which it would be safe to fly. Wendy, John, and Michael spent the next week planning how they'd return and imagine how happy mother, father, and Nana would be. While the children sailed on, let's take a peek at what the Darlings had been up to. When the children flew away, Mr. Darling blamed himself for chaining up Nana. He couldn't forgive himself, so he decided that he must be punished. He got down on all fours and lived inside the kennel. He swore that he would never leave the kennel until the children returned home. So, a once proud Mr. Darling was now a humble man. Each evening, he sat in the kennel and talked to his wife about their children. He felt a soft spot for Nana and would not allow her to come into the kennel. However, he listened and obeyed her on all of her commands. Miss Darling spent each evening in the nursery with the windows open, waiting for the children to return. She grew sad at each day's passing and spent her time telling Nana about the dreams she had about the children's return. When hearing about her dreams, Nana's eyes would water. She'd placed her paw gently on Miss Darling's lap to comfort her. One night, Mr. Darling asked his wife to play him to sleep on the nursery piano. And please do not shut the windows. I'm cold. Oh, George, never ask me to do that. That window must always be left open for them. Always. Then Miss Darling excused herself to go into the day nursery and started to play. Minutes later, Mr. Darling was fast asleep. When he slept, figures flew into the room. No, it wasn't Wendy, John, and Michael. Rather, it was Peter and Tink. Quick, Tink, Peter whispered. Close the window and lock it. Then we must leave by the door. When Wendy sees the window locked, she'll think that her mother has forgotten about her. She'll have to come back with me. Ah, this trick had been in Peter's head all this time. He couldn't bear to have Wendy abandon him. He danced with glee until he saw the look on Miss Darling's face when she noticed the window locked. Miss Darling had laid her head on the piano and her eyes were filled with tears. She wants me to unlock the windows, said Peter. Never. He peeked in again and saw more tears. She's awfully fond of Wendy, he said to Tink. He became angry. Didn't Miss Darling know Peter, who was fond of her too? The woman wouldn't give up. Her tears came faster. Oh, all right, Peter said at last and gulped. He unlocked the window. Come on, Tink. We didn't need any silly mothers. They flew away. So Wendy, John, and Michael did find the open window waiting for them after all. They glided in it and landed gently on the floor. Michael looked around and said, John, I, I think I've been here before. John laughed. Of course you have, silly. There's your bed. Then John spotted the kennel and rushed over. Perhaps Nana's inside, said Wendy. John whistled. There's a man inside. Wendy took a step closer. It's father. Michael didn't recognize him and seemed unimpressed to see father in Nana's kennel. Is my memory gone forever? asked John. I don't remember father sleeping in a kennel. Wendy looked confused as well. Maybe we don't remember our old life as well as we thought we did? John looked around. Where's mother? Shouldn't she be waiting for our return? That's when they heard the soft music playing again. It's mother, said Wendy, peeking into the next room. Then you're not really my mother, asked Michael. Wendy sighed. She knew they'd come back just in time. Let's surprise her by creeping in and putting her hands over her eyes said John, but Wendy had a better plan. Let's slip into our beds and surprise her when she comes in. It'll be as if we never left. So Miss Darling went back 
to the night nursery to see if her husband was sleeping. All the beds were filled. The children waited for her to cry out in joy, but she didn't. You see, she saw them so often in her dreams laying in bed that Miss Darling assumed this was just another dream. A cold fear fell upon all of the children. Mother, cried Wendy. That's my Wendy, said Miss Darling in what she thought was another dream. Mother, cried John. That's my John, sighed Miss Darling. Even Michael cried out, Mother, for he remembered her now. That's Michael, she said as she stretched out her arms to hug the children in her dreams. But when she closed her arms, she felt something. The children, they had returned. It wasn't a dream after all. George, she cried, Nana. There could not have been a happier family or a more lovelier sight. But no one was there to see it except for a small boy in the window. As Peter watched, he couldn't help but feel sad. He wondered if his adventures would ever feel as good as the happy people seemed inside the house. Chapter 15 When Wendy Grew Up As the children celebrated their return in the nursery, the lost boys waited patiently below. After a bit, they walked up the stairs in hopes that the darlings would take them in. They stood in a row in front of Miss Darling with their hats off. Each wished they weren't still dressed in pirate clothes. Although they said nothing, their eyes begged for Miss Darling to keep them. Miss Darling said she'd take care of them at once, but Mr. Darling was worried. How would they ever provide for six more children? One of the twins spoke up. If you think we'd be too much trouble, we can go away. We could lie double in beds, said Nibs. I always cut their hair myself, said Wendy, as she looked at her father. Finally, Mr. Darling agreed, and they celebrated. As for, Win as for Peter, Wendy saw him once before he flew away. He didn't exactly come to the window, but he brushed against it in passing. This way, Peter figured she could open it if she'd like and call him. That's exactly what she did. Hello, Wendy, said Peter. Goodbye. Are you sure you must go? asked Wendy. I'm sure said Peter. Miss Darling came to the window. She kept a sharp eye on Wendy since her return. She told Peter that she adopted all the boys and she would like to adopt him as well. Would you send me to school? Yes. And then to the office to work? I suppose. Would I soon be a man? Yes, said Miss Darling. Very soon you'd be a man. Peter scrunched his face. I don't want to go to school and learn things. I don't want to be a man. I don't want to grow a beard. Miss Darling kept reach her arms out to Peter. Miss Darling reached her arms out to Peter. Keep away, lady, Peter said. No one is going to catch me and make me grow up. Tink and I are going to live in the house we built for Wendy. The fairies are going to put it high in the treetops where they sleep at night. That sounds lovely, said Wendy lovingly. I thought all fairies had died, said Miss Darling. Oh no, mother, there's always lots of young ones. Wendy was not quite the authority on the subject. Because you see, when a baby laughs for the first time, a new fairy is born. I'll have fun, said Peter. Won't you be lonely, Peter? I shall have tink. Then Peter perked up a bit. Why don't you come with me, Wendy? Wendy's face glowed as she looked at mother. May I? Certainly not, said Miss Darling. I have you home now and plan on keeping you here. Wendy was disappointed. But he needs a mother. 
So do you, said Miss Darling. Then Miss Darling came up with an idea that seemed to satisfy everyone. Once a year, Wendy would be allowed to go back with Peter, Peter for spring cleaning. You won't forget me, Peter, will you? asked Wendy. Of course not, Peter promised. Then he flew away happily. Peter did come back for Wendy the following year, and each year after that, until she grew up. Eventually, Wendy had a child of her own. She named her Jane. From the moment Jane could speak, she asked questions. Lots and lots of questions. When she was old enough, most of her questions were about Peter Pan. Wendy would tell her what she could remember, but as she aged, she remembered less and less. Why can't you fly there now, mother? asked Jane. Because I'm all grown up. But part of me still believes. She then told Jane the story again of how she first met Peter and sewed his shadow on for him. I sat up and said, Boy, why are you crying? Then he flew us all the way to Never Neverland, where the fairies, pirates, Indians, and mermaids all existed. Which did you like the best of all? asked Jane. I like the home under the ground best of all, said Wendy. And w what was the last thing Peter ever said to you? He said, Always be waiting for me, and then some night you'll hear me crowing. But... He has forgotten all about me now. I suppose it's because I've forgotten so much about him. What did he sound? What did his crow sound like? Asked Jane. Wendy let out a loud crow. No, it wasn't that. It was like this. Jane sounded better than her mother. Wendy was surprised. My darling, how did you know the sound he made? Jane smiled. I hear it when I'm sleeping. One night, soon after, Peter flew into the bedroom and dropped on the floor. Wendy was putting toys away and was surprised to see him. Hello, Wendy. Peter cried when Wendy said she could not go, she could no longer fly because she had grown up. His sobs woke Jane up. She sat up in bed. Boy, she said, why are you crying? Peter rose and bowed to her. Then she bowed to him from her bed. Hello, he said. My name is Peter Pan. I came back for my mother to take her to Neverland. I know, said Jane. I've been waiting for you. Minutes later, Jane was flying around the room just as Wendy had done. Peter flew towards the window with Jane close behind him. Goodbye, Wendy. Oh no, Peter, you mustn't take Jane. Jane waved goodbye. It's just for spring cleaning, mother. In the end, Wendy let them fly away together. She watched them fly into the distance until they were as small as stars. If you could see Wendy now, her hair is white, for all this happened long ago. Jane is also now grown up and has a daughter named Margaret. Each spring, except when he forgets, Peter takes Margaret to Neverland. There, she tells him stories about himself, stories he had long forgotten. When Margaret grows up, she will have a daughter who will then be Peter's mother. It will go on like this as long as the children believe. Thank you for joining me in my library. I'm so happy that we finished one of my favorite books, Peter Pan. Calico Illustrated Classics gave me permission to read a series of their books, which includes this Peter Pan book. It's hard to believe that the month of January is almost over. We have a few stories left to read, but starting in February, we will be reading fairy tales. 
Yaya and Ladybug have already given me suggestions of fairy tales to read. If you have a suggestion, email me at auntiejojoslibrary at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to sharing more stories with you.